This is episode 455 with sports agent John Print. Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host. Welcome everyone back to the Athlete Maestro podcast, guys. And of course, uh, if you've been listening to us for some time, uh, obviously you know that what we do here on the show is to help you break your mental and physical limitations in sports so that you can achieve peace of mind, freedom, and success. And we do this through the Athlete Maestro Method, which of course I introduced to you this January. Of course, went into detail on that five-part framework, all the things that you should know. I have a really good one for you today. And of course, if you know my story, uh, you know that I was a footballer. And of course, uh, before I got injured, that's where I specialized. So I have this bias, so to speak, towards footballers. And you see, this particular episode is for the footballers out there, the aspiring footballers, the professional footballers, you know, and everyone who really wants to understand what goes on in the world of football. So I brought a sports agent on, John Prince. You know, and this is someone that we hit it off and went into detail on so many things. We talked about luck. What role does that play in sports? We talked about the role of a sports agent because, you see, most especially on this side of the pond in Africa, you know, we find so many of all these footballers who are taken advantage of by agents because the footballers themselves don't know better. And of course, over the next few weeks, I'm going to bring on, you know, a Nigerian journalist as well who wrote a very popular article on this, which featured in Al Jazeera and many of all these news outlets about footballers who have been taken advantage of. They've gone to countries where they've been abandoned. And of course, they're into slave trade and all sorts of things. So I brought John on to delve into detail about these things. We talk about the pathway that you can go through as an athlete. John also talks about the four-corner model that he talks about that all footballers must have. So if you're an aspiring footballer, you want to go professional, these are the four things you must have. He also adds another element to it, making it five, which more or less like the cap on everything that he says you should know. We talk about player CVs. What exactly should you have on your CV? So because you think that you play sports, and of course I talk about this so many times about how sports is a business. So you think that because you play sports, then certain rules don't apply to you. Guess what? Because it's a business, if you're applying to Manchester United or any of those clubs, Liverpool, because John is a Liverpool fan. If you're applying to any of those clubs, you know, for a role, so sports executive role, whichever role it is, you're going to submit a CV in terms of what you've done. It's no different with the players. But so many footballers don't even have CV. They don't even know what they should put on that CV. So we go into detail about that. We also talk about the kind of videos that footballers you have. You know, I can go on and on and on about all the things that we talk about. But man, I just want you to hear it by yourself. I want you to hear this episode. It's so powerful. It's so revealing. It's a message that I wish I knew. Which one of the things that led me to starting the podcast in the first place? It's something I wish I knew 12 odd years ago. When, of course, I was still on this journey and before I got injured. Because we packed into this more or less like a curriculum for aspiring footballers, what you must know and what you must look out for. What I love the most about what we discussed with John was that John said, look, never pay an agent. Of course, this is for my Nigerian footballers out there. Never pay an agent. So listen to the episode. See the things that we talk about in detail so that you better understand everything that we delved into and, of course, everything that is going to make you better equipped to ensure that, man, you're ready to take your sport by storm. This episode, guys, is brought to you by my Blueprint Goal Setting Mastery. Now, of course, after all of these things that John talks about and everything that we discuss, you see, you still need to set proper goals. You know, we talked about creating the pathway in terms of, you know, how exactly do you want to attack this thing of becoming a professional footballer. You see, goal setting is going to help you do that. If you know how to set goals as an athlete specifically, then, of course, you know how to plan this out. You know how you should go about it. And, of course, you're not going in there blind. You go in there blind, you're literally wasting your time. Head over to alimaster.com forward slash blueprint. Well, of course, you're going to get that blueprint. Go setting much. It's going to help you set better goals as an athlete. If you're setting better goals, then it means that you see everything that you're taking in, all the information that you're getting from this podcast, you're able to put it to work. If you understand that sports is a business, the kind of goals that you set, they are going to be different as well. Head over to alimaster.com forward slash blueprint to get your hands on goal setting mastery today. When you get that, guys, it's a special one. It's I, I, I'm just excited for you to listen to it it's a special one with my good friend john prince
everyone back to the Athlete Maestro podcast and I have a really good one for you today. You know, I don't say this often, but I have John Prince on the podcast. John Prince is a sports promoter and he's a licensed player agent. If there's anything that African footballers, you know, are always looking for, is the best of the best agents. And trust me, John is one of those guys. He's into sports marketing and client management as well. Been doing this for over 10 years. And for someone who's looking to get into that space as well, you know, I do legal advisory for athletes, but you know, that's not really sports agent per se. You know, so John is the best guy to handle this aspect. Thank you for joining me, John, on a beautiful Saturday morning, I must say. Yeah, it's beautiful here in England as well. The sun's shining for a change. Uh, it's very hot in Lagos, but uh, you guys are experiencing little snow and the cold. You know, maybe we should swap places. Well, a little bit of snow, but more rain than snow. More rain than snow. Mm. So we had, a, we had a little pre-chat and, you know, I mean, obviously we're getting along. But then I was going to throw this into the wheel. Now I know you're a Liverpool fan and I'm a diehard, <laughs> I'm a diehard Manchester United fan, you know, from uh, time immemorial. But it, it won't be a problem, would it? No, no, not at all. Not, not at all. all. I heard Liverpool fans I'm not, are I'm nice. Not, I'm not like that. I'm not <laughs> like that. Especially as, especially as we're top of the league. I think, I think we'll get on. Yeah. Oh, well, well, yeah. That's <laughs> there. That's there. And we're going through our struggles. Another thing we have in common, John, is that you wanted to play professional football as well, but you had an injury. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Um, yeah. Well, I think it's every, every well, many young boys dream to, to play professional soccer, professional sport. Um, yeah, I was probably 16 when I had my, when I had my injury. I was you know, around some, some decent academies at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it was a leg injury and I was forced to yeah, not play for eight months. And when you're wow. 16 and that happens and you know, we didn't have the kind of you know, rehabilitation that we had today, mm-hmm. I was basically told to rest. Um, wow. You know, I was, I was put under tension by school if I, if I started doing anything active in the playground. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was difficult. I don't know if I would have mm-hmm. made it anyway. But I think, you know, I definitely had some talent and um, who knows if, if things had gone my way. But in a way, it was a blessing because instead of just concentrating on sport, you know, I couldn't, couldn't play with my friends in the playground, couldn't play mm. sport, couldn't play football, couldn't play rugby. Um, so what else was I going to do? So I <laughs> basically started studying, you know, hanging out with different types of people, I guess. Mm. And, and that probably did me the world of good. Mm. because it gave me focus and, and actually you know, my grades improved and decided that I wanted to go to university and, and went on that kind of pathway. Mm-hmm. Good one. For me, I tore my ACL at 21. And you know, mm-hmm. at the time, especially, you know, in Nigeria, you, you didn't have the doctors or the surgeons who were, you know, specialists in that area. You know, even the physios, I could count off the top of my finger, the physios that we had then, that were specialists in rehabilitation surgeries for ACL, specifically for ACL. Yeah. You know, so I had my surgery in London, you know, when it was time to come back to Nigeria, you know, I then had to start scouting for physios, like, okay, who is going to help me with this rehabilitation process? Long and short was, I was out for two years, you know, because there were a few complications. There was the talk of me having to do surgery again, you know, probably to mm-hmm. remove the screws in my knee and, you know, a lot of all those things. You know, long and short, you know, lost track of time, when I was going to get back in, you know, when I started playing again, you know, ran into all sorts of agents, you know, which is something that we're going to discuss today as well in terms of, you know, educating the young footballers about these things. Now, of course, I was kind of well to do at the time. So I did it for experience purposes, you know, because I knew that all these things these agents are saying doesn't make any sense, but okay, I have the money. Let me try at least. Let's see where this will go. And obviously, you know, it turned out to be crap and, you know, it didn't, it, yeah. it didn't go so well. But, you know, I think that's another thing that, you know, we have in common as relates to the injury, which is another sign that the Liverpool issue would not be a problem. <laughs> which, 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 which makes a lot of but sense. But it happens to so many players, you know, even, oh, even yes. today, even with a better rehabilitation. You, know, you, need, you do need a bit of luck. Mm. Yes, you need talent, but you need, you need to have the dedication and you do need to have a little bit of luck as well. But mm. unfortunately, some injuries... You just can't really recover from, especially yeah. if it happens at the at the wrong time. You mm-hmm. know, I've known quite a few players who've been very, very promising and even played pro, and suddenly the injuries just catch up with them, and they just can't get back. Yeah, and, and you know, it's the mental side of things as well. It can be True. can be draining that way. Mm-hmm. So it's not always the the physical damage. It's it's um, the kind of mental strain that it can have on you 
getting back fit again. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah, which is which why one of the things that I always say is that, look, the, the, the normal footballers, the average footballers just believe that, oh, because I can play physically, because I am fast, because I am strong, you know, then I'm going to make it. It's just a matter of time. You know, they don't look at the mental aspects, you know, just like you mentioned mm-hmm. now. So you get injured, rehabilitation, coming back. Do you trust the body again? Can you get fit again? You know, and so many, and so many of all those things. But you've been a licensed agent now, or you've been involved in sports for over 10 years. You know, um, Oh, probably um, a little bit longer than that. Probably, yeah, yeah, probably that's I said over 10 years, you know, let me just, yeah. <laughs> you know, let me just put it at that. Can, can you talk to me about some of the most interesting clients you've worked with, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe it was the deals you were doing and, and, and things like that? Well, you know, I've been lucky enough that I've been involved in not just football, but mm-hmm. all kinds of sports, including, yeah. you know, Olympic athletes, wow. Paralympians, even like professional poker players, believe it or not. Um, you know, and I've, I've been very lucky to, you know, to travel to to some fantastic places, um, meet some fantastic people, mm. and you know, it's it's more of a, you know, in, in terms of like you know special deals and all that, you know, the, the negotiation side of it is often an anticlimax. Mm. Okay, but the more important thing is you're involved in people's lives. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's being part of their journey. And, you know, it's, it's enjoying when your when your client is actually, you know, performing in their sport. You know, that's yeah. that's the that's that's the real joy, really. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to actually pinpoint to anyone, you know, any one thing. You know, mm. I had some clients where you know, they've done they've done trips for, you know, community, which had mm. been inspiring, you know, really mm. inspiring. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had other clients and you know, we've gone to places like um Lebanon and in oh. Beirut and, and meet the some of the injured children or yeah. amputees, you know, to give those so you know, it's not all about the money side. And I think a lot of people they're obsessed with this, it's all about the money. But there's True. also a lot of good that you can that you can do and, and a lot of athletes give back, but they do, no, but it doesn't always go noticed because they don't want it to be known. Mm, mm, true. So that's the part of the life, you know. You're part of that person's life. It's not just about the deals. If you're, if you're a good, well, no, if you're involved in a, in a with a client on that kind of emotional level, mm. then you know you have to deal with the good, the bad, and oh, the yes. ugly. Mm. You know, mm. and 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 that's part of the journey, really. So it's hard to say. You know, there's, there's been great things happen, but I think that's more of an important point to put across rather mm. than. It's not all glamour. These specifics, yeah, mm. yeah, totally. I, 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 to, I totally agree. Another, another misconception that young footballers have, especially you know in Africa, is that look, an agent you know sits in front of their laptops with their phone in hand, uh, you know, just making deals. You know, you see the George Mendeses of the world, Mino, Mino Raiola, and all those guys, and they think it's all plain and sailing. You know, it's so easy. A deal is done in one minute, in two minutes. You know, there's, if I, if I want to sign a player now, or if I, if for example, now I was signed to you, John, you know, and I wanted to get a club, you could get me a club by tomorrow. Can you demystify that concept a little bit, you know, and tell us how exactly does a sports agent work? That is a common misconception as well. <laughs> it can take, it can take, you know, weeks, months, even years to sign a client. Mm. Because the amount of research you have to do to really understand the client and to appreciate their level and and their style of play and where they're best suited to go, you know, you can't do that overnight. Obviously, there are times when things just fall into place and it's the easiest thing in the world. Mm. But the reality is, you know, we're not just talking about African players, we're talking players everywhere. General. Um, yeah, in general, there is usually only one team that is interested in you at one time mm. there's the myth that you know hundreds of teams are looking you know interested in the player but you know if you get into that situation where you do have two teams interested and when i say interested i don't mean that they're they're talking to you and and asking questions i mean mm. actually genuinely looking to offer you offer the player a contract mm-hmm. you'll usually find that there is only one team that are actually too willing to do that. You know, if you're in the situation when there is more than one, yeah. then is that going to happen over the entirety of your career? No, probably not. Yeah. So, you know, it's a long, pro- it can be a long process. And, 
you have to understand that often as soon as you hit 18 and that's when players in Africa are able to move overseas unless they have an EU passport. Yeah. You're in a massive player pool. So sure. you're not just competing about other African players. You're, you're competing with other players that are looking for the same opportunity around the world. Sure. So why are you going to be better than those other players? Mm. Why is it you? So it's, it's, it's a really, really it's, it's a process that doesn't just happen overnight. Overnight, yeah. But as soon as a club decide they, they want you, it moves very, very quickly which is a good one. I think you broke it down uh, really well because, you know, everyone just sits back probably, you know, in their living room with their parents, with their friends, thinking that, you know, you know, I just signed with John Prince and, you know, by next week, guys, I'm going to be off, you know, not knowing that it's, it's not that straightforward. There's a lot that goes into it. And of course, you mentioned, you know, something interesting, which I want us to delve deeper into. What exactly do sports agents look for in players? Because, you know, there's this thing that the players just feel like, oh, I can do what I want. Then the agent has to fit into my own style. So more or less like roles reversed, uh, be, being that, you know, maybe the player is the one picking the agent. But ideally, the agents have specifics that they look for in the players before they sign them, before they say, okay, look, this is someone that might get into the position to be able to sign for European clubs or this particular club in this country or that. What do agents look for in players before deciding to sign them on? Well, not many agents do this. And this mm. is what creates the confusion in the industry. Wow. Um, so a lot of agents, you know, they, they kind of blur the lines between being a scout mm. and an agent. True. So, yes, you need scouting skills to be an agent. But that's really, you know, what is the purpose of an agent? Mm. You know, why is an agent recruiting a player? They're recruiting a player because they feel that that player is in demand by professional clubs. Okay. A mm. scout would recommend a player because the player has potential so, to yeah. go to professional clubs. So if you're trying to be a scout and also an agent, it just, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. So really from a agent's perspective, they should be using scouts as a resource mm -hmm. just like scouts would use agents as a resource to try and evaluate well which players are actually ready to play professionally mm. because an agent has to make business decisions you know a, a mm -hmm. client that isn't playing professionally is is hard work you know and in yeah. a way i always tell my students on the sports manual wide soccer agent course you know, it's easy to recruit players that are not good enough to pr play professional football, mm -hmm, but it's mm -hmm. harder to, 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 to recruit the ones that are yeah. good enough to play professional at any level. Mm. Um, so from an agent's perspective, to sum it up, I think they've got to make better decisions and it's got to be business driven mm. Mm. because it has to be business driven because, and that's just not because it's, it's, it's greed, it's money because I think they have a responsibility to sure. make sure that players and their families' dreams are not, mm. you know, not destroyed. Yeah. Because if you don't, you know, if you're just recruiting players and you're not that certain if the player's going to make it or not, then you've got to be clear from that from the outset. But a lot of these, um, a lot of agents will say, yes, well, I can get you this club, I can get you this club. And it's, <laughs> it's not true. It's, it's not true. Mm. so mm. you know from my perspective i would look at you know because i also do a lot of skates so i do try and blend the two together but yeah. when i make a decision on player it is purely because i believe that that player is able to play professional mm. and i've already done my due diligence yeah and understand that that player has a decent chance and the clubs would be interested mm. um so you it's, it's there's something called the the four corners model Okay. Um, which, you may, which you may have heard of. Um, but I always add a, a, a fifth corner to that. So the four corners is based on um, athletic ability of a okay. player. Speaks for itself. Um, the technical ability of player. So that's not just about being able to, to pass, to tackle, to uh -huh. head, to shoot. Um, it's more about understanding mm -hmm. strategies and mm -hmm. tactics and how you are technically in your particular position. Mm, or mm. a variety of positions because mm. then you can evaluate that against other players in that free agent talent pool mm. 
Then the other side is the the kind of social, the lifestyle yeah. side of things, yeah. and that would that would cover things like nutrition, mm. um, hydration, um, danger, you know, understanding the dangers of smoking, gambling, drugs, yeah. Uh, yeah. drinking. Um, it would also look at you know how a player kind of conducts himself off the field, um, how he prepares, so his timekeeping. Mm. all those kind of things mm. um how he interacts with fellow teammates True. both Just on key. and off the pitch mm-hmm. yeah and then the fourth corner is um the mental side of things yeah and, and obviously that's become a lot more important nowadays True. Um, there's a lot of research done and, and you know it's an area which i think clubs and and, and coaches need to do a lot more more on and understanding mm. but it in its simplest terms, um, you know, it's about how that player again prepares, how he mm-hmm. deals with pressure, mm-hmm. and how he performs in the big moments. And those are the four corners. Now you can add a fifth corner to that, from an agent's perspective, and that's mm. looking at the business side of things. Yeah. You know, how much in demand is this player? What kind of reputation has he got in his country, mm-hmm. or his club, or his league? Um, you know, looking at his kind of potential in terms of no salary and earnings and yes if it's all about young players then that's that's difficult to do but you've got to look at that business and you have to make a judgment call based Mm -hmm. around those kind of five areas if that client is going to be right for you and it may be a case that the client will make you know four three out of the five you may say yeah okay i'll make the judgment call and we'll we'll try and work with that player Mm -hmm. or you may say actually this guy's got no four or five of these corners but i tell you what i just don't have the contacts in order to place that player true because it's not the markets that i work in mm. and that's the other thing that that you know players have to be realized is that just because somebody's an agent you know i don't have contacts everywhere around the world <laughs> you know but i may know somebody who does yeah. and i can try and connect people but then i've got to be pretty certain that this player is going to be good enough because mm. as soon as I recommend that player, if they're not good enough, then they're not going to deal with me again. Yeah, yeah, blows back. And that's the difference between an agent and a scout because a scout can recommend players. They're giving them an opportunity to showcase their talent. Mm. An agent, when they recommend a player to a club, the, the club are basically expecting, okay, well, this player has got to be good mm. enough at a level to come in and actually earn a squad roster spot. Otherwise, if he's way off, we're not going to deal with you again. Yeah. <laughs> more, or less like, more or less like spoil your reputation. You know, and I get that a lot because, you know, I do a lot of sports law and sports related mm. things in the legal field, you know, and, you know, mine yes. is basically as it relates to things being done the right way, you know, so you want to sign with an agent. Okay, what contract are you signing with that agent? What are the clauses that are included and things like that? You know, so I get players who send me messages and say, hey, you know, can you help me find a club? Can you recommend me to this agent? Can you recommend me to that agent? And these are guys that, you know, I know in some way that they've reduced their ages or changed their passports and things like that. Yeah. Now, that's something that that's something we're going to talk about, you know, a little later on. You know, then I ask my question. I'm like, okay, so how do I recommend you to this agent who would then find out that you change your passport or change your age or something? Am I going to deny that I didn't know about that or that I wasn't aware? Then how do I look to that agent in terms of future business, you know, and recommending yes. players to them? You know, they're going to look at me and say like, this guy is complicit with all these things. It's probably not serious. You know, I think we're not going to deal with him again. So I totally get uh, the points that you make because that is exactly what I tell the players. And of course, now that you've broken it down into these four corners, adding the fifth angle, you know, so which is the athletic angle, the technical angle, social and the mental angle, exactly. I think it was a few weeks ago or so on the podcast where I was talking about pillars that athletes yeah. need to build. And Very these were the four pillars, exactly. So the four pillars I was talking about, you know, so it's not about just going there and saying, oh, I have the technical ability to play my sport. Okay, what happens to the athletic side? You gas out in 10 minutes. What happens to the mental side? You can't handle the pressure. So a team signs you and, you know, what happens? You play one game, can't deal with the crowd, and then you're homesick and things like that. But what I want you to zero in on, John, is the business side. Because this is what I feel, especially the Nigerian footballers, this is what I feel is most difficult for them to understand. You know, I tell them, I say, look, 
the fact that you have talent, that's good. No problem. You know, you can play, you can shoot, you know, in terms of the athletic ability under those four corners. But does it make business sense to the agent? Does it make business sense to the club? You know, so I want to play in the United Arab Emirates, for example, you know, and I'm going to put my, mm-hmm. my agent under all sorts of pressure to get me to play there. Am I looking at it from the angle that, okay, this is a country in the Middle East. What kind of players are they used to signing? What kind of businesses yeah. are they doing there? You know, is football commercial for them where they can spend money on overseas players or is it just more or less like, you know, recreation where they're not looking at it from the business sense? You know, things like that. So can you zero in on that business side to sports, especially football and the need for the athletes, the footballers to understand this more as they plan and come up with their strategy moving forward? Okay, that's quite a big question. Um, <laughs> perhaps where we, where we should start really mm. is, is probably looking at quality of information. Mm. Okay, because, um, and this is probably as much the agent's fault as, as the player's. Mm. Okay, so the agent will see a player who's recommended a player, he goes, okay, I'll sign him. And the player provides some information to the agent. Mm. And the, the information really isn't that good quality. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, um, it could be that the information is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there could be poor video. You know, you're not, you're not promoting yourself in the best light. Mm. So the agent decides, well, I can't be bothered to do any more work on this. So <laughs> I will just use what we've got and I will fish for an opportunity mm. with no strategy at all. Um, it's not doing the player any good. It, you know, you're looking to get lucky. You may get lucky once, you, you, know, you may get lucky twice, but you're not going to build a career on it mm. from an agent's perspective that way. So in terms of you know, player promotion, they can do a lot for themselves in order to get as much good quality information as possible mm. because you've got to have your career history because what's available on on websites, you know, even if you, mm-hmm. you're a player that's good enough to be on transfer marked that is highly inaccurate yeah. in many cases <laughs> okay there's you know and and it drives me crazy when an agent not a player mm. but when an agent sends me a transfer mark linked and that's it and says find my player a club <laughs> basically there's what they say and i'm like there's i haven't got any information how can i do that so i think everybody no they need to get quality information so a quality profile which mm. is accurate as possible so mm-hmm. if you, you know if you are 23 and you're 18 that's that's unfortunate you know mm. you can't you can't reverse time you have to mm-hmm. be honest and if you're not honest or you're trying to to curb it you will the likelihood is you will get found out because mm. clubs nowadays you know they have access to um, a lot of resources they have access to systems and analytics like Scout and mm-hmm. and um, instat and all up to stats all kinds of oh, things yeah. and even if they don't have those for that particular country then they likely know somebody within mm. that country who's able to do some background research or go and watch the player or actually find out the real situation mm. so having that if you if a player and and their agent starts off from the starting point and saying, Let, let's get all this together. Let's get, you know, good video. Let's get a you know, good profile together, which contains the player's you know, athletic, physical data, the clubs he's, clubs he's played for, his player strengths, um, mm-hmm. and just an understanding of what he's trying to achieve next. Mm-hmm. Then that is going to be a great start for a player because, and when you're introducing it to, to a club, then you've got more of a chance of it being looked at and getting a reply. Mm. Now, if an agent is going that kind of route where, you know, he is pitching players to try and find them an opportunity, um, you know, a lot of the top agents, they don't really do that because they're recruiting clients that are in demand. Yeah. So the clubs usually more often than not would come to them. Mm. And then if clubs come to you, then you're doing something right in your recruitment. Because as soon as you go to a club, then your your negotiating power diminishes. Yeah, true. But we understand that that has to happen sometimes. We have to you know pitch players, pitch players to clubs. 
Um, so you've got to get your information together. And, and even if you are looking to use other agents, by having that quality of information is going to help you hmm. to strike a partnership because it's all there. Sure. Sure. And then you've got a highlight video, maybe even a full game video. You know, video shouldn't be any older than, say, six months old. Hmm. Obviously, highlight video can be a little bit older, but then, yeah. you know, you should have different videos for different seasons, really. Hmm. Um, so it's just having that quality of information to begin with, which doing the research and if you don't have you know if you don't have any video and often hear this oh we don't have anything we don't have anything well you have to get creative yeah you may have to go and you may have to go and record some footage somehow true um but then if it's a case that you're not able to get the footage or the player doesn't have any footage mm. then is the player ready to actually play professional or not because mm -hmm. he's going to be up against players that have this footage, that have this experience. So maybe it's not going to happen for that player. Mm, spot on. And we have to be honest with, with players because it's so hard to become a professional player. And unfortunately, not every player gets the opportunity, mm. regardless if they're in Africa or if they're in the UK or the US. It doesn't happen for players sometimes. Mm. So... That's, that's kind of the first, the first part, which I think is really, really important. And a lot of kind of agents and players don't understand the importance. And like you said, they just think you can pick up the phone mm. and go ahead. But you've got to come across in a professional way and give the, the club the opportunity to do their own research or have mm. a platform to do their own research. Mm. Great points you make, you know, and I remember, you know, just talking about my own experience as well, because one of the questions that I always ask myself, you know, just in my alone time kind of is, okay, if I didn't get injured, was I really equipped information wise with everything I needed to know to improve my chances of playing professionally? So just like you talked about videos now, you know, I was a player that, look, you know, I played at all levels of college university secondary school you know it, it was it was more or less like people asking me it's only a matter of time based off of the talent that i had you know and my parents were able to identify that talent as well and say hey look um go to school after you're done with school you can do whatever it is that you want but in talking about all these videos and all that you know that was not something that even came to my mind at all until i got mm -hmm. injured you know when you know i started talking to people while i was doing rehab and all that you know and they kept asking for videos and i was like okay maybe i just have a few highlights here and there but they're not even professional videos it's just like maybe you know at the time someone took out their phone you know which was just coming out yeah. then and just you know recorded something so i was not equipped with information but one thing i tell athletes now which is in line with what you're saying is quote and unquote you have to have a sports cv you know so just like you applying for yeah. a job you know, as a sports agent, you know, and so I'm applying to Manchester United, you're applying to Liverpool, whichever one it is, you know, for a job in any role, you're going to submit a CV and say, this is where I went yeah. to school. This is the degrees I have. These are my qualifications. These are where I've worked and things like that. I don't understand why footballers don't know that that is also a requirement as it relates to football. So just like you said, athletics data, you know, your strengths, which would also include the videos and things like that. Can you expand a little bit on that sports CV concept? for the young footballers to understand yeah well it's i think it's essential i think it's a vital and even if things are going well for you mm. you still need to have it you still need to be developing it and i think a lot of players think oh i'm playing i'm doing well <laughs> i don't need to worry about that but in fact that's when you should be collating your video that's when you should be you know paying an interest in your statistics because mm. when you're high you've got the chance to to move up the levels yeah um, when nobody wants you is when people start doing their CV and things and start pushing it around, you know, yeah. but I'm not saying you should push it around when you're under contract because, mm -hmm. um, as, as, as contract instability, but you've got to be preparing yourself for the next step. And I guess it's human nature in a way that when things are going well, you kind of relax a little bit and mm. you think that it's always going to be this way. But, you know, a, a player kind of CV and a player profile, I'll, I'll, run, I'll run through it. So obviously you need your kind of personal information. Mm -hmm. um, so that'd be your, your full name, your, your, your date of birth, you know, your nationality and your, and your hometown yeah. is, is important as well. Um, often I put on there, you know, if you have an EU passport or, mm -hmm. or a different nationality, then also include that well, or if you have a, a work 
um, permit or work visa, then then include that. Then you would go into kind of some of the physical attributes of the player. So, you know, height mm-hmm. is is pretty pretty important. You know, weight. I don't really put that on on player profiles, um, just because I don't think it's as relevant mm-hmm. in in football as it is in other sports. Favored foot of a player. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the the player's position. So those are the kind of like the, the simple things. And then I would probably also do a little kind of statement at the very top before that, just saying what the player is at the moment, what are his kind of ambitions going ambitions. forward? Mm. So, you know, you could say he's playing at, you know, top level in, in whichever country um, he has an ambition to, to, to play overseas and is particularly interested in playing in the Middle East, for example. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I would, you know, after that, I would have, you know, six, seven strengths of the player. Mm. So, you know, like composure on the ball, good range of passing, yeah. strong at the tackle, you know, if he's a striker, you know, shoot good shot from distance, good finisher. Um, but that has to be backed up by, by the video. Yeah, yeah. So you would also include... Um, a a video link, and you know you can upload your video to to YouTube. YouTube, yeah, um, yeah, and 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 include that include that link. You know the video should probably only be the highlights video. Don't be, mm-hmm. don't make it too long. Um, like how many minutes? Minutes, it's fine. No, no, I would say no more than six minutes. Mm. No more than ten, really, because you have got to understand it's it's a it's a snapshot. Yeah. You know, it's um. You're trying to get interest. If mm-hmm. the club wants to know more, then I'll ask you for a full game ask. tape yeah. because you can only you only see in the best things on um, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> on a, on a highlight video. You know, so I would never sign a player based on a highlight video unless that player's CV was so strong that he's played a number of games in a professional level, and the club that he's at is is good, and it's kind of. Do you even need to look at video for some of these players mm. if he's played, you know, 20, 30 games for, for Manchester United? Do you really need to look video to, to see if he's a good player or not? You probably mm. don't. You probably need to concentrate more on that fifth corner. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, so let's, let's get back onto the, the player profile. And then yeah. you would have a, um, a breakdown of the clubs that the player has been to. Paid for. Mm. Um, and if... Yeah, and he would include some, try and include some statistical data, like the, the number of appearances that players played, um, number of minutes played. You, know, you can roughly calculate it if it's not available. Number of goals, number of assists or mm. clean sheets, if that's relevant. And then break it down season by season. Mm. So it's giving you a nice, clear and concise career path of sure. that player. You huh. know, newest um, to oldest top to bottom um and then if the players had any injuries and it's like a serious injury so it's kept them out of the game for a period of time then you probably (laughs) should mention that Mm. yeah well i would mention it because you know there's a number of contractors because players haven't disclosed all the information Mm, and they come mm. to contract and they've done a medical and they find that there's an ACL injury in the past. I'm like, well, why don't you tell us about this? Yeah. So you're either going to get renegotiated or, um, yeah. And, and then the next step would be you could include some professional references if you get permission. Yeah. Um, I usually put professional references are available on request. Mm. And then how to contact you. Or your your agent's details. Or the agent, yeah. And really, you know, that have your phone number down there, have your email, if you use WhatsApp, include that number as well. And that is pretty much all you really need. But the information has to be has to be accurate. Mm. Do you subscribe to the school of thought that, you know, especially as it relates to football, I don't know how it, how it relates to other sports, but at certain ages, you know, to increase your chances of, of doing well or getting into a team, you must have achieved certain results. So say, for example, now you're 18 years old, you know, there's a certain number of games you should have played or, you know, there are a certain number of things you should have done when compared to your counterparts anywhere in the world uh, that gives you more or less like the nudge 
in front of them. Do you subscribe to that school of thought, you know, that you should have done that at certain ages? Obviously, it will be different when you're 17, different when you're 18, different when you're 19, just to help increase your chances of finding a club. I, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think, you know, if you, if you haven't played at a certain level or you're not in an academy mm. by a certain age or you're not playing a certain level of football, the, the odds of you playing at a high level professionally are very slim. Slim. Mm. There are, I keep on saying there are exceptions to the rule, but, you know, if you're an agent, you don't work on exceptions. exceptions. You've got to look at the, <laughs> the odds. The odds, the odds, is, the odds have got to be in your favour, really, because you've got to make good business judgment calls, and mm. that's why I come down to it. Again, and the best example I can give is not based out of um, Africa, but it's based in in the USA. Mm. So the US have a college system. Their players enter their university college system at the age of eighteen. Mm. Okay, so the college system traditionally has been where Major League Soccer would get their young players from. So, so they would wait until they're 21, 22, and they would have a combine, they would have a draft, they would scout the players, and they would recruit them on this big showcase. Mm-hmm. What they've found is, is that these players are not good enough. <laughs> they're good players, but they're not good enough to play at the major league soccer level. Mm. Very, very few because they are behind the curve compared to other players around the world. Mm-hmm. So they're 21. And you know, if you look at kind of Trent Alexander Arnold, you know, he's played 100 games for Liverpool and he's 19, yes, probably oh. just about approaching 20. Mm. So if you're comparing Trent Alexander Arnold to a player in the MLS, a superstar player, even if he wasn't picked as number one and, and he was a right back, Travis Arnold is going to have so much more experience over him. Mm. That's the problem that people don't understand. And this is why Major League Soccer now are not holding, hosting a combine. They're not hosting a big showcase. They're still doing a draft. Mm. But mm. the value of college players, it's not worthwhile them, them getting involved. You know, mm. Philadelphia, like they have draft picks. They basically traded every single one of those draft picks so they could recruit a player <laughs> oh, wow. because they're just not interested. They're not interested in it. Mm. Um, and that's the best example I can give that, yes, you know, players have to achieve certain things in their career. And, and it can be down to luck. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be down to the location where you live. Mm. Um, you know, you may not have a good football team in your area. But I mean, if you never try and go to a good football team, then you know you're not you, you don't get the opportunity. Then it's going to be very hard for you to go to that next level. Mm. You know, I was always told that you know, as an agent, you can't agent your way in this business. <laughs> and what that means is you're only as good you, you're only as good as your client yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> so if your client is performing, then you can do good business. If your client's nowhere, then you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Great points. Great points. And you know what? So, yes, I, want... so I very, very much agree with your earlier comment. Oh, that makes sense. I won't hold it against you that you use the um, Trent Alexander Arnold as an example and not Marcus Rashford, you know, but we'll put that, we'll put that aside quickly, you know, because Rashford yeah. has also played. <laughs> He's old now, isn't he Rashford? Yeah. 21. He's player now. Yeah, he's not 19, though, is he? <laughs> that was my point. Let me, let me take you back in time, John, and to when, you know, I was making my preparation. You know, so this was, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago, there about. You know, I was making my preparation. Okay, I want to play professional football and all of those things. Now, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking, you know, shortly after that time was it would have been better for me to school in the U.S., you know, get into that college system. But, you know, hearing the example that you give now, Obviously, that would not have made any sense. So if you're going to flash back, if you were going to advise me at that point in time, in terms of next step strategies to take, what would you have advised if the US college system was off the table? Well, I don't think it's, you know, I think it's still a route Mm. um, into professional soccer. I just think that to go at the very, very top level now, it's going to become difficult. Mm. Um, You know, I think there's the league below, which is the USL Championship. 
will be taking, and they do take, an awful lot of these um, college players. And, and also, you would get a very, very good education. So I'm not saying the college system has um, run its course mm. into professional soccer by any means, but I'm just saying that I don't think the, the kind of top-tier league are interested in those players anymore. Mm. Um, but it's about the journey. It's about the pathway. There are, you know, you have to understand a pathway for players. So, you know, an, an African player that doesn't have an EU passport, mm-hmm. he is not going to be playing in, in England anytime soon mm. because of the work permits. Yeah. Okay. So any agent or, or player or family has to understand that the pathway for a player has to be realistic. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about football ability. It's about, it's about politics as well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it? It can be about, it can be about cultural things, you know, where that player's going to settle mm. um, the most quickly, you know, where he's going to have the, the best environment in order, order to, to succeed. Um, and some, some leagues are not good, mm. you know, because of, of racism, because of, um, corruption you know you, you want to have that player in the, in the most stable environment as possible and mm. probably you know the US would be a fantastic option because that player is going to if he's good enough he is going to get an opportunity to play to play professionally mm. but the problem about going to the US is the player hasn't just got to be an exceptional athlete in order to earn a scholarship mm. he's also got to be an exceptional student mm. Sure. And and again, that can be a barrier to to be in the fortunate situation of having a good education or those opportunities. Hmm. So again, you know, that can that can be a situation where players will will be will be held back. So that wouldn't be the right pathway for a particular player that hasn't had um, access to to good quality education, which which happens unfortunately. Hmm. I think I kind of agree with you in terms of, you know, which is why I say, uh, there's something I say, and I don't know if you agree with me, because one of the things I will touch on shortly is that there are three things that an athlete must focus on. You know, don't get distracted by all this. I can play, I can play. You know, first and foremost is the mental side, because without that mental side, forget it. You're just not going to be able to cope. Then you have the physical side, which of course has to do with, you know, athletic ability, you know, technical ability and all of that. And the final one, which I think a lot of the athletes neglect, is the strategy and a plan. You know, so just like you said, if you're from an African country, just like you're from Nigeria, for example, you know, and immediately you want to make the leap from Nigeria straight into the Premier League. Everyone sees John Mikel Obi as a perfect example, but he didn't go straight from Nigeria to the English Premier League. You know, he went via Norway. You know, and there were so many things involved. Just like you said, there are exceptions to the rule, but you cannot work based off of exceptions. So do you agree with those three things? You know, the mental aspect, the physical aspect, and more importantly, the strategy, just like I said, corruption, racism. Yeah, and if you, I heard you mention John Oban Mikel, um, and that's a great point. You know, he went to Norway. I think it was Oslo, wasn't it? He went yeah. to, um, and used that in order to to develop, but also you know gain his kind of European credentials. Mm. But if you look at his pathway, I'm sure he was involved in the Nigerian um, youth team, youth probably in the twenty uh, world. World Cup, so he was always kind of highlighted as a player as being as being talented and having ability. So he was in that kind of top player pool mm. where all the scouts were looking at. So in a way, his pathway was easier than say a player that hasn't been within those international player pools mm. because he was already known. Everybody knew about John Oban Mikel. Mm. And obviously he had demonstrated those kind of four corners mm-hmm. and he proved that he could actually deliver on those, on those areas. And that's why he was given the opportunity. Mm, which is very true. You know, and there's so many things that we've touched on, you know, I just have a few more questions for you because I feel like all these things are very mm-hmm. important because athletes need to understand, you know, just like you said, it's not just all about playing ability, how you interact with your teammates. So many of those things are important. But what I wanted you to talk about now, John, is as it relates to um, 
rogue agents, so to speak, or as it relates to agents that can be trusted, you know, in the sense that, you know, how do you know? Because every one of them, you know, just like is, is the norm, just like we mentioned earlier about looking at the monetary side of things, you know, it's an opportunity for agents to capitalize on these young players. Oh, I can find you a club. Oh, I can do this for you. Uh, pay me this amount of money. How do young athletes identify this type of agents and how can they protect themselves? Yeah. Okay. Well, first thing I would say is never pay an agent any money. <laughs> never, never pay any money. If you have to pay money, then it's not a realistic opportunity. Mm. You've got to, you know, if a club wants to see you, then yes, you may have to pay your, your travel to the club, but they should provide the accommodation. Uh, they should provide um, support when you are there. Mm. Um, if you have to pay anything but travel, you know, if you have to pay for a visa or registration fees, then don't question it because it's probably, it's probably not true. <laughs> or it could be an opportunity, but it's an object of a player's and it's going to be almost impossible to shine and it's a wasted journey mm. it's a waste of money so you know really what you know if you to find an agent that's you know going to be interested in in working with you you know you've got to understand the reasons why mm. Mm. um you've got to discuss well what is your strategy you know are they willing to put the time in to actually create the promotion material and you know, then there's mm. the soccer cv and help you with that if you haven't got it you know are they able to advise you on where you should be going next and and you have to understand that just by signing doesn't mean that they're going to be able to find you a club in the next mm -hmm. week the next mm -hmm. month mm -hmm. it does take it does take time and also there are things that you can do in order to help the process as well mm. so it's very much, you know, you would want somebody to be in your, in your team and then to have that relationship where, and this is my opinion, where you are working together. Mm. And I think that's where it works, works best. And you've got to be able to ultimately trust that person. You know, that's what it, that's what it's about. And, and trust doesn't build over, you know, doesn't happen overnight. That builds mm. over time. Mm. And it's something that the athletes should know more of, you know, as we wrap up, John, how do you think uh, young footballers can improve their chances of succeeding in sports? What are some of the things that you think they can do, you know, just to help them on this journey? Well, probably to try and play the, the, the highest level they can. Hmm. You know, understand that you, like we talked about throughout this, this kind of podcast really, is about preparation. You know, preparation in terms of you on the pitch, but also the off-the-field off things. Hmm. Um, yeah, the player profile and getting that information is so important. Mm. You know, it, without it, who are you know who are you really? Mm. Um, so you know, you really you really need to focus on that. And then try and when I say try and play the highest level you can, try you know if you are a, a player say under eighteen and you want to play overseas, you're not going to be able to move overseas until you're eighteen. But you need to get the exposure. Um, so you would need to try and get to a team where perhaps they play in different tournaments, um, where they may play other African teams, you know, not just based in your own hometown, to try and to play that kind of level, level of football. You know, a lot of African players, you know, the South African League is, is, is maybe a level which is ignored because people are obsessed about leaving Africa. Um, but maybe that's a way that some players should look, you know, to more organized leagues within their own continent. You know, Europe can be, is like always seen as the holy grail of, of football. But the reality is, yes, there's a lot of money in here and it's fantastic. Some of the leagues are amazing. But also there is a, there is a, a murky side, side to it for, for players, for overseas players, not just African players. You know, you don't get paid. The conditions are terrible. Um, if the team don't, get to a certain level you it it kind of just fizzles out every season and you're left to to look after yourself so there are some horror stories out there so it's just about making the the right choices and mm. probably being a little bit patient 
<laughs> but focusing on performance rather than trying to to get out because really if you're looking to play overseas you have to be the best best player in your position mm. firstly in your team then in the league and perhaps you know even in even in your country in a way yeah you have to earn the right for your age group and that's mm. the way to the way to look at it I suppose the reason it's difficult for athletes to look at it that way is that they want the quick success. You know, say they want it to happen tomorrow or they want it to happen next week or within a month, you know, about trusting the process and being yeah. patient, yeah. you know, just well, like you it. said. Yeah, I get it. I get it though, you know, because we, it is a short career. Mm. Um, and that's why you need to surround yourself with, with the best people. You know, agents, especially with African players, they should be managing the process. Mm. So apart from you know, contacting teams, they should be in dialogue with other agents over, overseas. Mm. Okay, so where the markets are realistic for that individual player, they should be coordinating that entire process mm. and collaborating with agents in order to, in other countries, to get that player an opportunity. Because it's, it's the process which is most important rather than, you know, a lot of agents, they get obsessed with the ego that they've got to place the player. They've got to negotiate the contract. <laughs> they've got to keep all the commission. Yeah. But yeah. in life, that doesn't really work. Mm. You know, in a way, having a manager that's, that's, that's willing to provide good quality information, that's able to help the process, keep you informed, and ultimately get you an opportunity then that's the way to go and don't pay any money <laughs> i keep on saying that don't pay yeah any money. Don't, don't pay any money and you know we have this we have this in the legal aspect as well you know where uh, say for example now a lawyer gets a particular case that is beyond their ability you know they're only looking at how much you know the client is going to pay you know instead of them probably partnering with a lawyer who has mm -hmm. experience in that area so it's just like if we use sports law for example you know, if another lawyer who is not well versed, you know, in the dealings in sports law and what he should look out for and things like that, you know, if he gets a case like that, ideally, that, yeah. you know, he should partner with a sports lawyer who knows what he's doing, you know, and then they're able to do the case well. But it doesn't really work that way because everyone, you know, wants to take it for themselves. So I, I totally agree. But from all of the things that you've said, John, if the footballer came to you, so I am the footballer now, I'm coming to you and I'm saying, hey, out of all these things you've said, out of all the things that you and Tola have talked about today on the podcast, if there was one thing that I'll pick out, just one thing that I'll pick out that gets me a step closer to the goals that I'm chasing, what's that one thing you would recommend? I know we've talked about a lot of things, but if you're going to pick just one thing, what would it be? Just one thing. Oh my goodness. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah, that is really hard. Yeah. It's such a, it's, 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 I guess it's honesty. Mm. I would say honesty is, is the one thing that, I would want, I would want and expect. And, and honesty in terms of your, your current situation, of your past, mm. and, and where you want to go. Mm. That's probably what I, how I would probably say it. Because, you know, if, you, if you're not honest with yourself, you're not honest with other people, mm. you know, if you provide information which is not accurate, then things are not going to happen for you. Mm, makes a lot of sense, you know, and I think uh, if I was going to add to that, you know, I'll say being honest in terms of your own abilities, you know, because I see so many young athletes who they're probably at best D-level players, at best D-level players, you know, but because of all the hype, everyone in their neighborhood has told them how good they are, everyone, you know, their parents are buying the hype as well. They think they're A-level players. Yeah you know, and things like that. So I think I'll just add that in terms of the honesty. Be honest about your talent. Be honest. Not everybody's going to play in the English Premier League. You know, there's so many leagues across the world. If you're truly passionate about the sport and you're not just chasing the money, there's so many leagues that you can play in that you would still have a successful career. But it all has to be from that honest point of view. So I, 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 think, I, think, I, totally, I think I totally agree. Where can we find you, John? You know, where are things you're up to currently? You know, and uh, if you want to reach out, how do we reach out? um sports management worldwide and that's where i that's where i work at um so yeah so we're we're running agent courses we're, we're training people to be scouts we have an analytics course hmm. we're about to launch a sports apprenticeship program in january which is putting scouts into into professional teams actually doing the job hmm. and um yeah we're relaunching our soccer 
um, age and advisor program for those students that I've educated um, during the, the um, online eight week soccer agent course. Mm. You can find me on that website um, or you can follow me on Twitter at JJ Print. JJ Print. That's probably the best place to connect with me. Yeah, mm. or I'm also available on LinkedIn as well. Mm, There's DJ. not many John Prince around. <laughs> you should be able to find me quite easy. Ah, and I think I think one of the things I'm going to add as well, you know, because at least I've had you on the podcast now, is that if there's any course I want to take, sports management worldwide, you know, you're going to allow me to take it for free, right? You can view the website for free. There's no <laughs> nothing uh, for free in this world. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a good one, John. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for so, well, so we much. we can definitely, you. we could definitely do you a good, we could definitely do you a good deal. We can do you a good. Deal. <laughs> I'll definitely, I'll definitely take you up on that offer. But thank you so much for your time. We talk about so many things which I feel, uh, no problem. They're, they're, they're not just elementary. They're very, very important uh, for the athletes. You know whose dreams get shattered. We see the elite athletes on TV. Nobody sees the athletes that didn't make it. The, you know the ones that sunk into depression. The ones that you know, got injured and, you know, they couldn't do anything else. Nobody sees all of that. So I feel like the things I've discussed, you know, on this episode uh, are really rich. And hopefully if you, have a, if you get a chance in future, probably bring you back on, expand the scope of the things that we've talked about so that athletes, more athletes, you know, are enriched by information because information, like they say, is power. Information is power. Very good. Thank you so much for your time, John. No problem. Pleasure. Thank you very much. First thing that I want you to tell me is whether or not listening to that was worth it. Was it really worth it uh, to listen 50 odd minutes, 53 odd minutes to every single thing that we talk about? This is a guy who is in the business. This is a guy who is in that world that understands how these things work. And of course, is giving you all of this detail on the palm of your hands. And just like you said at the end, you see, if it's only one athlete, one footballer that benefits from everything that we talked about today, then of course, our job is completely done so if you're an aspiring agent you know how it works it's not the myth that a lot of people create if you're a footballer if an agent is telling you certain things then of course you know whether they're lying what they're saying what they're about and of course it's easier for you to tailor what you need to do based off of what you've heard in this episode i'm thinking of creating a course you know for footballers where of course uh, we're gonna delve into more detail specific advice for each and every one of you that wants to take it a step further send me a mail taller at athletemastro.com if that's something that you're interested in but just like i said i knew you were going to enjoy the episode it was a good one it was more or less like we're just conversing and we're just talking you know about experiences and things like that and of course we pass the message across more important than listening guys is actually taking action on this thing so don't be desperate if an agent is telling you something that you know doesn't add up that you know doesn't make sense don't say oh because i want to get this because i want this then uh, you're going to throw away all the advice that we give here and then you're going to go with it anyways don't do that don't risk your career for the wrong thing of course over the next couple of weeks gonna bring in nigerian journalist so i'm going to talk in detail but one of the articles that he wrote uh, in terms of uh, slave trade in football as it relates to young talent but for this particular episode i'm sure that you guys literally literally enjoyed it send me a mail taller at adlimashi.com if there's anything we didn't talk about that you wanted us to talk about send me a mail in that one of course you can connect with john print on twitter on instagram as well at jj print you know sending me your questions send him anything show him some love tell him uh, that you listen to this podcast athlete master of course when he was on he learned so much from the lessons that we put out there if you haven't subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss great episodes like this this 2020 then of course head over to athletemaster.com forward slash subscribe you're going to learn how to subscribe to the podcast and also how to leave a rating and review you see what your rating and review does if someone stumbles on this episode with john and they're skeptical about listening if they scroll to the bottom of the feed and they see your review in terms of what this podcast is about what we're trying to achieve what we're trying to do then of course they're going to be compelled to listen to the podcast and i know that even if this is your first episode the very first episode that you've ever listened to of athlete maestro i'm sure you learned a lesson or two so leave us that rating and review tell us what you're learning from the podcast tell us what you're enjoying tell us which guests you want us to bring on i want to do more interviews this year more or less it's me teaching most of the time i'm going to bring in more people on this year so that you learn directly from them from a different range of 
top picks, guys. So send me a mail, tolaladimash.com. Tell me some of those things. Don't forget to leave that rating and review. Atlimash.com forward slash subscribe. Also get your hands on goal setting mastery. You need that this 2020 because you need to be setting better goals. Atlimash.com forward slash blueprint. Of course, don't forget to show Johnson Love at JJ Print on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Catch you guys on the next episode of the show. Remember, knowing is not enough, you must apply. Willing is not enough, you must do. I want you to go out there. Not only do I want you to be blessed by this episode, I want you to take action on everything that you have learned. I want you to go out there. I want you to be a maestro today and every single day.